Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah, you know what I'd like to hear from from Mark Warner? (laughs) Senator Mark Warner, former Democrat governor of Virginia, who used to come on the show. I think he'll come back on maybe if we ask him. Uh, and former Democrat governor Tim Kaine, who's now a U.S. senator, I really would like for you guys to focus on the budget. That would be helpful. I mean, I'm a Republican. You're a Democrat. I get it. We're not going to agree on a lot of things. But you had to balance the budget in Virginia when you were governor. And that was a good thing. Thank God. Uh, truly, thank God that Virginia's the requirement is that we have a balanced budget and that you can't just blow it out. You can't, you've got to come up with a balanced budget. It forces difficult decisions. Either you're going to raise taxes on people or you got to pick and choose what your priorities are. You got to rein it in somehow so that you don't blow the budget. Can you imagine if we had been, if, if somebody had been smart enough to do that in Washington, we wouldn't be faced with what $34 trillion in debt because you know, I'm just I'm promising you, unless some there's some miracle, or somebody who comes in, I don't know, is it Donald Trump who comes in and says, "I'm not playing by the rules. I am not going to tell you what you want to hear just to make you feel good. I'm not going to pay for your cell phone." I mean, you know, the, in the last half hour, Gary had a story about how, oh, we're very worried about whether people will be able to feed their children. Excuse me, when did that become my responsibility? I mean, I don't mean to be a total jerk about it. But, uh, I mean, look, there are always going to be some poor people. The mom dies. The dad dies. Somebody's lost their job. And you would hope that there would be institutions, the church, that would step in to make sure that these kids don't starve. But, see, I think what we've done is we've mainstreamed this attitude that, oh, okay, the government's going to take care of my kids. The government's going to feed my kids. I can go get my nails done, and I can go get my hair cut, and you know, maybe I can buy a nicer car because the government's going to take care of the basics for my family. Instead of, I don't know about you, I wake up every morning almost in a cold sweat. Now, I don't live frugally, as you know, because I just got off a three-week vacation, so I'm not trying to get any sympathy, but I am constantly stressed out about how I'm going to pay my bills. Now, they're my bills. That's the key thing. I incurred them, and I got to pay for them. Why? Do what? Is, am I the odd guy out in this society where people wake up in the morning at seven oh eight in the morning on a Tuesday, and they're thinking, oh, "Yeah, my kids, the, the government will figure out a way to take care of my kids. I'm going to go do something else." 
That's not, I mean, that is not a recipe for a healthy society, and it isn't going to work, especially when more people catch on and they start dumping that expense onto the general population. So you and I, up working already at 7 o'clock in the morning, wind up having to pay for somebody else? Well, you know what? Uh, I don't know what God will say when I stand there on Judgment Day, but I'm not willing to do that. (laughs) Can I tell you that? I'm not willing to do that. That's not my responsibility, and I reject this uh, attitude where suddenly it has become the working people's responsibility to pay for the non-working people and their families. You own it. That's got to be the attitude. That sounds mean. We've been conditioned to think that that's a mean thing to say. It's not mean. It's, it is actually very normal. It's a very responsible thing to say to other people. Now, you want to come over to my church and you need something? Yeah, I'll probably give you a check there, but I'm not doing it through the federal government because I know about those abuses. So why aren't Tim Kaine and Mark Warner focused on the budget rather than all these other extraneous issues. It would actually be helpful if some responsible Democrat leaders were at the Capitol to get the rest of the commies in order. But they, I mean, these guys are just silent. They're not leading on this. Where are they? That was the whole point. I thought, oh, we'll have divided government and Virginia will send responsible Democrats up there. Waiting, waiting. 7-10 on this Tuesday morning. And, you know, the, the other issue is the border. Uh, with this, I, I think, very and maybe legally sound, it might be legally sound uh, decision by the Supreme Court yesterday to allow the feds to run the border. And if they want to remove razor wire, that's their decision. That might be legally sound, but in a practical sense, it's killing us. It's killing our society. And it's, and it's going to bankrupt us all. You know, you get millions and millions of people who are on the public dole in addition to paying for these little kids and their food every single day. So, I mean, you, you, everybody's aware, right? The money does run out. It's already run out. We're just faking it right now. You know, David Shepard is um, an author and a political analyst of sorts. And we had him on to talk about his book, Elections Have Consequences, a cautionary tale. He's penned a new uh, column about the border security issue and the hope that there'll be some sort of deal david i mean when we booked you to come on we didn't have this decision so you know maybe that informs your judgment what do you think good morning to you yeah well good morning to you uh yeah i thought it was uh sad but like you said expected because uh well they tend to defer to the feds on on anything related to the border but um i just found it kind of ironic in a sad way that the court's like, well, you know, the, the federal government has to do their duty. Well, what is their duty to get more people in here, mm-hmm. it they, seems like? They're not doing their duty. That's the problem. That's, right. that's what I think should have caused, yeah. made them pause to say the facts on the ground indicate that they're not actually doing this. So that changes yeah. the calculation here in the court's yeah. mind. It was 5-4, yeah. so close. But, um, you know, Texas, maybe there are other things that they can do. There are other... Uh, Maybe they can find other ways to, to try to help, but it, it's just gotten so bad, and it's also very sad. You, you mentioned it's sad that you got Warner and Kane not talking about, in this case, the budget and the, the serious debts we're facing, but uh, it's also sad that, um, that the state has to resort to these sort of things, that the feds aren't taking care of the job, which is their responsibility. Yeah. Is there a way to a compromise? I mean, that's the point of your piece is, uh, do you 
I mean, the cynicism out there of, oh, let it roll uh, through the election so the people are really upset and then we can beat Biden. I mean, I, I listen, Biden owns this one way or the other, whether we get a deal in the next few months or not. I mean, the last three months, uh, the last three years, excuse me, are on are on him and his administration. So what, what do you think the smart thing to do is politically and the right thing to do is? Hopefully they merge. Yeah, I think they can. I think a deal should be in the offing here because and Democrats, but Biden's got to realize he's got to do a little something. Now, he's not going to solve the problem, but uh, I think he'll be able to make more of a compromise than he would have made at any other time over these last three years. You had last week 14 House Democrats vote in a resolution to condemn his failure at the border. He's got red state Democrats that I know they're in trouble on this one. Uh, you know, you got Fetterman now sounding like he's making some sense in Pennsylvania. You got Cinema. You got Tester up there in Montana. So I think you've got enough Democrats in the Senate that want a deal and 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 a decent. Because they deal. see the polling, right? This oh, isn't yeah. really their instinct. It's a poll-driven uh, realignment. Or yeah, would you and Schumer's, Schumer's New York City is in, is in deep, deep trouble yeah. because they're getting overwhelmed. Right. So I, I think that the, the potential is there to get a deal. My post said that the only – I think the key requirement has got to be to do something about this parole where the president has the power to basically let anyone in. Mm-hmm. And they've got to cap that. And that's what uh, the Senate uh, Republicans are insisting on. And I think if we can get that or at least some sort of cap, that will be a huge plus. Uh, so the all- numbers were, just to put it in perspective, you're, you're asserting, and I, I'm assuming your numbers are correct, that in the last year of the Trump administration, there were 5,623 paroles granted yeah. by the Republican administration. Yeah. Last year, Joe Biden's administration granted parole to about 802,000, 802,000 people. Yeah, that was uh, that was from uh, Lindsey Graham and John Thune. Uh, they uh, they discussed these numbers and they did a press conference. Um, What's weird is they say that Trump's a dictator, but then you see numbers like that and you're yeah. thinking, wait a minute, who's who's the dictator? Yeah, because he's basically waving the law, letting you in. And I haven't seen the law, but apparently with parole, it's supposed to be reviewed. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously he's not reviewing eight hundred and two thousand cases, so he's just letting them in. Mm-hmm. So uh, that could be challenged. But I do think that we still have a responsibility to try to do the best we can, even with the disaster of Joe Biden. So I I would encourage House Republicans to try to, you know, swallow a a decent deal. I don't want to sound like, you know, you just take anything. No, you don't. But we need to get something done to try to stop the, the invasion, to stop the hemorrhaging. It won't really get solved until we get, say, Trump, or well, I guess I guess it looks like Trump now. But we're not going to really solve the problem until then. But at least what we can do is try to limit the damage. That that was my point. Yeah. Uh, I mean, twenty years of this. I remember sitting in meetings with George Allen when he was in the U.S. Senate, and at first I thought, okay, you know, these guys are good. Maybe they're going to come up with a solution. And then two years later, I just thought, no, they're not. They're not. <laughs> George yeah, Allen was one of the few people really pushing. Can we do? Can we find anything that we agree on that we can at least take one step towards stopping this? And the answer yeah. seemed to be no. Yeah, and the sooner we do it, or at least try to, the better off we are. But a lot of these things get you know that we keep kicking the can down the road, and it's just going to get worse and worse the longer we wait. You know, that's yeah. the. Yeah, but it's I, like racking up uh, two hundred thousand dollars in credit card debt and finally going. Now you know what? Maybe if I stop buying uh, uh, the coffee every morning, that will solve the problem. Nope. You know, maybe if you had done that 
about two years ago, you wouldn't be in 200000 along with some other things. But that's not the solution at this point. When you, yeah, when you I get agree. Bill, yeah. And um, I would also add that the concern that um, Biden's going to get some kind of great victory or something or a lifeline uh, if a deal gets cut is absurd. I mean, it's, it's not going to neutralize the issue. I think and like I right. said, whatever deal he strikes isn't really going to solve the problem. It's just a matter of trying to make it a little less bad. David Shepard is the author of the book Elections Have Consequences, a cautionary yeah. tale. You see him around town signing that book and talking to folks. And David, yeah, I'm always, I'm always happy to have out. you on. Thank you. <laughs> Well, thank you, John. Have a great day. Thank you. 717. We'll come back. I want to talk about Nikki Haley today, too. Do you like Nikki Haley? Okay. Well, what do you like about her? Tell me, really, what do you like about her? Just because you think she can win, or is there something else? We'll talk about it as we continue on this Tuesday morning. I'm John Reed, News Radio WRVA. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.